you gotta just really focus on what your what's your body telling you. Realize what your body's telling you, what you, what signals your brain is sending, what signals your emotions are sending. Listen to it. Like give give yourself a minute to talk with yourself because you are just as valuable as any other friend and you are just as deserving to be able to talk to yourself as any other friend would be towards you. Mm-hmm. So I'd say number one, just listen to you. That was my cousin, Roman Shattuck. This conversation I have for you today is amazing. I've never felt, doing a podcast, I've never felt so passionate about what I'm saying, and I can tell he was very passionate as well. Me and him have had long conversations, deep conversations, movie conversations, so many conversations throughout our childhoods, and this one here today I feel like is kind of a manifestation of our relationship, how connected we are in those things, and how much we both care about things of eternity. In the title, I have the word eternity because I think that these are things that actually matter. When I say eternity, that's kind of what I think. It's like what matters the most in God's eyes. And we talk about mental health. We talk about a friend that he lost. We talk about being yourself. We talk about prayer. We talk about not judging other people, and you know, those all sound like very general things that you've probably heard a lot before, but I promise you the passion that Roman brings to this and um, the natural feeling of the conversation that I was able to feel is something that can really impact people, and you know, maybe you won't understand exactly what we're referencing all the time just because, you know, we have a personal relationship and stuff, but I promise you it's super good, and probably for about the last 30 minutes we talk a little bit about kind of the deeper meaning of movies we were going to talk about like just kind (laughs) of be critics for a little bit about movies but we didn't get to that this time and we'll probably do that in a future episode but please please give this thing a listen for as long as you'd like and I promise you that you can see um, how much Roman really cares about these things and this is this is why I'm doing the podcast because and he told me, you know, like he doesn't feel like he's able to have these conversations very much. And I, I just feel like I need to give people the opportunity to show um, the eternal side of themselves a little bit more. So please give it a listen. And I really hope you enjoy. You are listening to episode 14 of the Coleman Thompson podcast. I'm here with Roman Shattuck in his epic room. <laughs> yes, this is this is the Marvel Marvel Nerd Cave right here. Yes, it is. <laughs> Dude, I'm actually like literally making like I'm. This is supposed to be the Marvel wall right here. Yeah. There's a reason why Optimus Prime didn't go over there. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, most of the stuff in here is Marvel. Yeah. But um, yeah, I love Marvel. Let's uh. Let's start with talking about you a little bit, and then we'll get into movies a little bit, and we'll go on to whatever we feel like. So, um, I mean, I'll just give my perception of, like, my relationship with you and stuff. Like, we've always, I mean, we're cousins, and we've yeah. always loved making, like, little movies and stuff together, just, like, hanging out, having sleepovers <laughs> and stuff. Yeah, here's the thing about those. They are some of the worst, yet also the best movies ever, <laughs> because... I mean, nostalgic is... Oh, yeah. The nostalgic factor just went... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably what makes it one of the best things for sure. Yeah. Oh, man. 
But, um, yeah, uh, I mean, I remember you used to draw things. You used to play on your, your DSi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I remember that. Wait, do you remember the time when, when uh, we were playing, you know, on our DSs? And uh, we would make a big deal about how far we'd go in Mario Kart and oh stuff. Oh my gosh, Mario Kart. <laughs> the Super Bowl was like the day that you guys would come over and I was like, it's Mario Kart time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Remember when we kicked Micah out of the online game and we told him he couldn't play with us? I think so. That was like forever he kept ago. Back and, yeah, it, I, I remember bits and pieces, but like... That's awesome. Yeah. But, uh, oh yeah, I had to forgot to mention, uh, Micah is Roman's brother. And Micah, I did a... Episode five is with Micah. So, um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so many funny yeah. little things. But um, how would you introduce yourself? Just kind of, because, like, I feel like people, you know, they don't get a very good chance of, like, first impressions and really introducing yeah. who they really are. So how would you introduce yourself? Uh, you know, honestly, I, I don't know. Because I feel like the way, like, in person, the way I've inter- introduced myself to, like, literally everybody else is by basically I I just be myself and talk about whatever I want to talk about <laughs> and I don't know why but yeah. people gravitate towards that I guess it's just yeah. the realism of it but it's like I don't necessarily have a way of saying uh you know I'm Roman and I like this and that they yeah. f- they figure that out by the way I speak That's true and you that's know? that's cool like you they learn on a deeper level through that way and I found myself lately as I've started to like get into doing more things like I've wanted to like bring up conversations in a way where I can be like oh I I do a podcast and YouTube and stuff and which I don't think is the best because they don't actually get to know you as well but that that's cool the way you think about it yeah it's it's like honestly like too many people out there get worried about how they're going to be perceived by like literally anyone it could be a crush it could be anybody (laughs) you know what I mean yeah but like Honestly, no matter who it is, like, it can be hard to get there. I totally get that. But I'm kind of at the point where it's like, no matter who it is, just, just be you, you yeah. know? Like, and it's, it's frustrating because, like, it sounds cliche and, like, you know, everyone says it, but it's true. <laughs> I, I've honestly, like, it sounds really cliche and stuff, but, like, I never realized the truth of it until mm-hmm. I actually tried. And I, I remember people actually started talking to me more when I started to be myself. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you can't fully attract anyone, really, unless you're putting off as much. So, like, you yeah. can't put off a lot of energy unless you're being yourself, basically. Yeah, that's the thing I hate, too, is when when dudes are, like, telling other dudes, like, oh, this is how you get the girl. You do this and this and that. You're, you're changing your personality. You're not being you. So yeah. the second she sees the real you, she's not going to like the fact that you faked it. So it's That's not true. So, and it's not sustainable anyway. Like, yeah. you can't get into a relationship and fake it for the rest of your like, life. screw the stereotypes about how to get a girl and stuff. A girl can be literally attracted to any guy as long as they're the, themselves. Like, I've I mean, that. yeah, maybe. Like, <laughs> because, I mean, unless they're, like, a psychopath. But, you know... <laughs> It's yes, just, yeah. It's more of like, uh, I, there's no other more attractive personality than you. <laughs> well, there's you know no, I mean? there's no personality, <laughs> wait, <laughs> <laughs> there's no personality that you can be that would be more attractive than yourself, basically, right? Yeah. 
Like, like you can't pretend to be someone else that is more attractive. Too many change, put yeah. on a face that they think would be better, but yeah. it's not. It's and to not. your point of like girls liking any guys who are themselves, I would add to that like just having the underlying same values with life, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like obviously like same standards and stuff. But what I what I mean by that is like by any guy is you got so many different personalities out there. You got the nerds, you got the jocks, you got all that stuff. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but here's the thing. No matter which one you are, and, and it might be a stereotype to think that girls won't like the nerds. It's like, honestly, if you just like, if you just, if you're just you, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And you just talk about what you like, you embrace you 100%, they're going to gravitate towards it. No yeah. matter how nerdy you are, no matter how stupid you might think it is at mm-hmm. first, they're going to like it. That's just, yeah. it's just human nature, you know? It's It's interesting because like... You, you don't see it playing out that way, but it does. <laughs> yeah. It's all kind of, and so, yeah, what you do see are those like social groups, like the, you know, like jocks, nerds, all of those things. And I would yeah. say those are kind of fake. Like you just kind of thrust yourself in there to have some sort of identity. But even if people in that group are similar. It's a mind game. Yeah. It's a mind game. And they're all very different, even if they're within that group. Like you're, I don't know. Like Yeah, you got, you got the groups, the subgroups, and then the subgroups within the subgroups, <laughs> and it keeps going, you know? Yeah, but if you ultimately yeah. want to be happy, you got to find the group that is just you. Yeah, yeah, and it, it, it can take a minute to discover yourself, but, like, honestly, you don't have to discover yourself so early. No. Like, you won't be miserable if you don't know yourself fully uh, at certain ages. Like, if you're 12... Don't worry about it. Oh, I know. <laughs> you know do, what I mean? Yeah, seriously, if you're 12 and you're listening to this, please do not worry. You have yeah, so no, much. Like, honestly, you'll figure it out. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, you, it's, it's true. You do figure it out. And I would add, um, like, oh, man, my brain went dead. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I had a great thought. Um, no, but people, they, oh, Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Okay. Oh, yeah. So I personally like to that point of like a 12 year old, like I remember when I was like that age and like I was playing sports a lot and then I eventually started quitting them. And then yeah. like everyone around me is like, what are you doing? And like, well, just like the other kids are like, what, what, why? And like the other kids, I felt like they had found their identity, which I really don't think sports yeah, is necessarily I, anyone's like true self that they have to find. But like, yeah, it's and those those middle school years I think are very very difficult yeah. because you're in that process still and no one's figured it out so they just kind of throw you under these labels they're like in order it's like people can't um, they have so much going on with themselves that oh, they gosh. can't think yeah. oh they gosh. can't think about you deeply enough to put you anywhere further than some random social group it's so true it's so true and also one thing I got to say too is you're never complete without the 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 thing like you can you can feel complete physically and socially and stuff you can be making enough money to sustain a living all that kind of stuff in those ways you're complete but you never feel complete unless you're doing what the real you asks of you because mm-hmm. the thing is like with me like my passion for like stuff like filmmaking and stuff I freaking love it like I that's that's like mm-hmm. what I'm saying is you got to work on those passion projects and do not stop. And you do that and it'll just add to your happiness because you're, you're in the world for more than just to like pay taxes. I know. You know? Yeah. So yeah, you, you just enjoy it. And like the more you're happy with yourself, the more you'll be able to help others too. Mm-hmm. Because I've noticed that like 
it might sound kind of like I don't want to sound selfish by any means by saying oh like have fun with your life have fun with your own passions and stuff there's a good side effect to it because as soon as you feel full and complete with yourself there's that part of you that will be like I want to help other people I want to do service for them I want to I want to be there for people yeah because and it, it develops your heart if you're if you're really being you yeah. you know what I mean so yeah I agree and uh, there's this one quote I heard well no I was listening to this book called Think Like a Monk and like he, the one of the cool quotes and it's really simple it was like because you know how everyone says like you can be anything you want to be yeah um, the, the guy said um, you can't be anything you want to be but you can be everything you are mm-hmm. so like I think we're kind of born with like you know like certain spiritual gifts yeah. like certain ways of being able to communicate with people and then we develop certain passions that kind of fall in line with those gifts oh yeah for sure it's... and you can't just like say okay now I'm gonna go be a billionaire entrepreneur if you're yeah. not if if the person if the gifts inside you that you've been given don't lead to that it's so true because I've actually one of my uncles once he was talking about the same subject he was like people say you can be whatever you want to be all that stuff but there's there's the problem that comes in the way what if you have some sort of a mental illness you know, there's and I would add, everyone has some sort of a mental illness. Oh, everyone does. Everyone <laughs> does. Like, even I do. You know, and it, the thing is, it's just like, what if you are a certain way that limits you from doing that? Is mm-hmm. basically what I'm trying to get at. Like, what if you are you're paralyzed? You you can't you can't like go compete in a skiing competition. <laughs> yes, yeah, seriously. You know, so you can't you cannot be everything that you want to be. This yeah. that's humanly impossible. They, they, I get like I get that at its heart the saying put your mind to it and like you'll be able mm-hmm. to get to it. I get that that saying has like it's got a good like it's got a good intent. Mm-hmm. But it's also not true. Well, I mean, it depends on what you're talking about. Yeah, like if it, you it if does. you figure it out does. what you have a passion for, oh, then oh, yeah. you do that. If yeah. it's you, then you know, or, or I guess another a better way for me to phrase it would be whatever you put your mind to, you can yeah, yeah, because uh, that's not true. That's it's it's like you if you put your mind towards what your strong suits are, you're you're good, bro. <laughs> you're gonna do, you're gonna do great, you know. Yeah. and so it's like, yeah. So uh, one thing you brought up was like, you know, you were saying like, obviously the paralytic can't go skiing or something, yeah. but um, how would you that, how would you view that on a different level? So say that you are like pretty, you're physically capable of doing it, like anything. Um, yeah. How would you compare those things? Like, let's say I um, decide like, oh, I'm going to go start a business. Uh, I'm going to, I don't know, just go sell something maybe uh, <laughs> you can start by like flipping items and then build it into your own business yeah something like that but let's say that that's not actually what like my like what i'm supposed to do like yeah. how would you say that um like why almost like ah, that's that's tough i'm trying to think of how to word that because i'm not exactly sure what i'm getting at like do you mean like how do you mentally process oh wait I lost myself. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're physically capable of doing anything. Yeah. And you decide to go with this one thing when really it doesn't fall in line with who you really are. Why can't you do that thing? Oh, oh. So here's here's what I gotta say about that. So basically, I feel like I've been in the same position in sort of things that I've tried to do that I've wanted to be good at that I realized wasn't me. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. 
when you're doing it, you're doing it. Um, wait, so so I I think what you're saying is you're doing something that isn't you, right? You, yeah. It, it isn't you, but and maybe you don't even way. recognize it fully. Or? Yeah. So the thing is, you since it's not you, it's passionless, right? Yeah. So you're doing it. You could be doing everything right, but without the personality to it, it's not. It's it doesn't really click mm-hmm. because the way the, almost like with my kind of thing, uh, you know, making videos and stuff, even your thing, doing podcasts and stuff. The thing is, you if you're doing it and it's passionless, you could be sounding really entertaining and all that kind of stuff, but if your passion is not there, people will notice it. Like, yeah, that's just how it is. No matter how entertaining you sound, there's gonna be something that people will subconsciously notice. And they'll notice the fact that deep down inside, you're actually not enjoying it, even though you may not know it. You, yeah. You know, so it's like, it's it's really weird, and you kind of have to do the trial and error to yeah. figure it out. <laughs> but, like, I've been in some places where, uh, even with the things I do, I've been doing, like, I, I did, like, a certain format of content or whatever, and I later on realized that it was all passionless, and I mm-hmm. realized if I go to a different format of like movie reviews or whatever, I realize I can actually really just like actually be me. You know yeah. what I mean? And so it's difficult to find the balance because there's different ways to do multiple things and it's yeah. it's crazy. <laughs> so I would say one thing from my life that probably uh, falls in line with that is like music. Because oh, yeah. like I've, I've, for a long time, especially because, you know, I was still trying to find who I really was and I wanted to be good at something. Like I played... The bass and or I, well, I still play it. I just like go to the class at school. I don't really practice. Don't tell anyone. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but I. So for a long time, I worked hard at that, and like I noticed, just it came down to like you know I was having weekly lessons, and I wouldn't practice until like right before my lesson because I was like afraid of showing up unprepared. Oh yeah. And like you know I I got good at it, and like when I was like playing those songs, it was fun. But I didn't like the process, like, yeah. and I don't think it's, uh, you don't always like the process at first, like, uh, but, like, for me with music, I just was not finding that joy in it, and I felt like there was something else, but with my podcasts, you know, it requires time and organization, but I love doing it. Yeah, it's, it's, really, it's a really good thing, too, because I feel like it's definitely a good thing for people to listen to this kind of stuff, and to, because it's, it's sort of... Like, because we live in a world where people hide the human sides of themselves a lot. Mm-hmm. But what you're doing essentially is exposing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're you're bringing out more of a human dimension to yeah. the people you talk to, or at least trying. Maybe sometimes it, you may not succeed, and it doesn't always like work to. But the good the, thing is, I expect. no matter how many people like, if it doesn't go right with other people, it's going right with you. Yeah, and that's the good part because even if you you're hosting one and you're hosting an episode and say the guest maybe uh like i wouldn't say is bad at doing it or anything like that i would just say is not really connecting with you on that human yeah. level you're still you're still the part of the show that's still working you know what yes. i mean and so that's what i like about the whole idea of it too is that you're basically you're bringing up subjects that need to be talked about you know we're also talking about like you're also talking about chill stuff like movies and stuff like mm-hmm. it's just fun subjects because that's you know but you're also mixing it in with good stuff yeah 
Which is and this is like, this is like what I feel like almost like is my calling. Like yeah. I have to not just doing the podcast itself, but I feel like I'm supposed to kind of connect the things of real importance to like things of the world because I oh, yeah, and I talked sure. about this um, in my wrestle change realize uh, YouTube video and I also posted it to my podcast. Yeah. Um, but like I talked about how I don't like how. You know, we go to church on Sunday and we talk about deep stuff, and then the rest of the week we and don't talk about it at all. And then it's just gone. Yeah, yeah, it, it's so it's definitely not what was intended. Yeah, by Christ or anything like that. Mm-hmm. You know, He intended for us to be, uh, you know, open-hearted like every single day of the week. Like every what you are every day of the week. That's what you gotta do every day mm-hmm. of the week. Not you don't change for Sunday, right? Yeah. You you. Have I mean, you to you like out. you refocus on Sunday. It's like a refreshment. Yeah, you you refocus, but you don't want to change yourself. You you, you yeah. don't want to just be like, oh, this is the one day where I say I'm grateful for this and that and yeah. this, and then I forget about it. That's just checking it off a list, you know. It, it here's the thing, you can still like change your personality you don't need to be all bombastic and like crazy <laughs> on freaking sunday yeah because it could be disrespectful but what i'm saying is be consistent with yourself mm-hmm. in in that what you do on sunday like communications with god because you need that to really mm-hmm. make it in in this time in the world like you just need it um because i've i've tried many times and I'm sure we all have going without studying the scriptures, weakening those communications. Yeah, it is not pretty over time. Things <laughs> it's just, so true. Things just fall apart, and <laughs> like no matter how much you think, oh, it's just reading a book, it's not going to do much. It does a lot. It does do much. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's like it's it's the thing where you have your communications up on Sunday, right? Keep them up every day, but mm-hmm. you you don't have to like. I'm not saying you have to like change into this oh holy day you know like every day uh, yeah, yeah it's you keep your own personality but um you can you can still like every night before you go to bed you can still keep the communications up you just got to be genuine yeah so you know? uh what i would add to that is like you should be improving all the time like i really like yeah, the quote yeah, like you compare yourself be, like yeah. the best you know yeah compare yourself to who you were yesterday not who someone else is today that's yeah. from uh, Jordan Peter. Actually, I don't know. Maybe it is. But um, <laughs> it's um, from Coleman Thompson. Yeah, I just made that up. <laughs> I couldn't find who quoted it, so I took it. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, like, it's yeah. You're not just those six days of the week um, acting like crazy out of the way, and then like yeah. Sunday being better. You should just be kind of getting better every day. And Sunday, you know, like you. You should be close enough to God, yeah. like work on yourself to the point where you're close enough to God where it doesn't feel like Sunday is this massive change yeah, that You has can happened. still have fun with your life, but don't forget who's given you that fun. Yeah. And that's, that's basically how you solve that problem of being idle or anything like that. You just remember every single good experience in life, who gave you that, mm-hmm. who the reason why you're able to actually experience that, if you can remember that then knock yourself out, enjoy it, and you'll enjoy it even more realizing who it comes from. Yeah. You know, so it's like, it make it just adds a value to it because, you know, I, I can't remember who said this. Some prophet said it. Somewhere, something along the lines of, we will get good memories, uh, good, like, June memories for the December of our lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, as in, 
the things that we the good experiences that we have guys like memory is a really powerful thing we'll remember it after this life we'll take that with us that yeah. like some people like i understand how some people might think well it's the point of life you know it the fact that that stuff carries over it, it adds so much meaning to your life mm-hmm. and so many things that you do in this life uh they they just affect what your state will be yeah you know and it's and it just it really does matter a lot more than some people think yeah you know what i mean so um one thought oh yeah like you talk about how those things will uh will be able to carry those to the next life yeah um one i i had never heard it well i'm sure i'd heard it but i didn't think about it and i didn't realize it until i was reading an alma he's talking to his son corient and then he's he uh Talked about how the plan, uh, he brought up another name for the plan of salvation, and it was the the plan of restoration. Oh, yeah. So, like, all things will be restored to their proper order, proper state, and, like, yeah. it's all it's all about your mindset. Hey, the thing about that, too, is I genuinely believe that includes your memory. Yeah. Because, remember, those, those memories for the December of your life, it, it also would mean beyond that point. The rest mm-hmm. of your existence, you will remember it, like... We'll be able to look back, and our memories might. I do believe that they will be even more crystal clear. Yeah, like we might be able to remember everything perfectly. Yeah, it's it's crazy to think about, but I believe that memories are so valuable that God would want that for us. Yeah, I agree. He would want, like, he would be able to, like, you know, us having fun times when we were like four years old or whatever. It's a bit iffy in our heads right now. But I genuinely believe that, like, after being resurrected or whatever, you're going to have a clear memory of that. And yeah. you're, you're going to be able to literally envision it because it was something good and God doesn't want to take that away from you. He put you on this earth to remember that stuff, too. Like, you're growing, but you, you can also remember the good stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's pretty awesome. And so... To think about, like, you know, you think about eternity, and that's, like, you know, that's a long time. but <laughs> So that's yeah. forever. So this life, you know, compared to forever is ridiculously short. Yeah. And so I think if this is, like, a critical stage, you know, I think we really will remember everything, and it will build into our character for the rest of whatever yeah. this process is it to become like will. God. Like, uh, you know, when we're like when we're at the point where we're building our own worlds, that is going to be because of what we did here, you know, and it's it's just insane because the position you're in could basically be the position that someone you created spiritually will be in in the future on a world created by you. you know? <laughs> That's so awesome. Yeah. It, so. Like, I, okay, this, just talking about um, God and, like, you know, becoming like him and stuff, I, I had the thought, it's, like, very similar to just in regular life, um, growing up and then becoming a parent. Oh, like, yeah, it sounds sure. like, so, <laughs> I heard this super funny thing once, um, Jordan Peterson was asked, like, someone asked him, like, when would be the best time to have a kid, or when is it, when's a good time to have a kid, and he's like, well, never. <laughs> he's like... <laughs> There is never a good time to inherit um, a million-dollar debt that's not going to leave your home for 18 years. And yeah. <laughs> so, like, the question that brings up is, like, why do we do it? Because that's what's yeah. bringing real joy. And so it's the same with God. Like, you wonder, like, why isn't God just chilling in paradise forever? He wants to continue. Like, maybe he has become perfected and he has reached that point 
but yeah. he wants to like have more experience and give everyone else or give more spirits that that experience and yeah. like the idea of creating souls and stuff is because in this life it's like i've been i've been really judgmental of myself at times making mistakes you know sinning as we all do at times and i've been really hard on myself for it which it's it's good to feel remorse for it but it's not good to feel that shame where you're like oh you're not enough because you did that you know yeah that's bs from satan <laughs> but the thing is <laughs> the thing is it's like you as far as we're concerned god looking at us in this life is almost like a parent looking at their child trying to walk. i love that idea because i i had yeah. this thought like i remember one time i was like taking a power nap and i was like just laying on top of my bed and I started thinking about like just like some random experience. It was actually that one time we went up the canyon and we were filming some dumb videos of like burning <laughs> yeah. each other with s'mores. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was so stupid. <laughs> but yeah. um, but like I was imagining that moment, just like trying to recall it. And then I was like imagining God's perspective on that. And I was like, God doesn't and Jesus, they don't view us as any less than. Like they yeah. view us as equal, just as, you know, uh, you won't view your kids as less than you. You'll just view them as they are growing and learning. Yeah, and my seminary teacher uh, from last semester brought up that like this is kind of like we're just in like first grade right now in the the school to become like God. Yeah, we really are. Because the thing is, I genuinely believe that like I, I it made it, I don't know for sure because I'm I have. It's hard died to know before. anything for sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I haven't died before, so I don't know this. Yeah. But I do, I do believe that like depending on when you die, you could technically say that second grade is after the this life. It's when you're a spirit. You learn more, because I don't think. Well, I I know that not everybody's ready after they die, because you got your spirit missionaries, you know, mm-hmm. and they're there for a reason. So it's like, because uh, there there will be people who will die and be like, what happened, and then. They won't even, they'll be so confused. And, and that's why that's needed on the other side, you know? So I, I, yeah, it's definitely second grade yeah. in the progression, you know what I mean? <laughs> so I want to point out something really quick just to anyone listening because um, when I do these podcasts, um, there's no possible way. So these aren't fake, th- these aren't fake made up conversations. Like we aren't pretending to be, um, any more passionate about these things than we are like the passion oh, yeah. that you're bringing right now I can tell that you are legitimately wondering dude, and concerned about these this things. is like if this was turned off dude I, We'd be having I the could same go conversation. for hours. I'm not kidding. Yeah, <laughs> I could go for hours and we already do that like but yeah Like we were on a trip like a month ago and we were just standing on the beach Everyone else was having dude, that fun. Was and we just awesome. ha- we just stood there and talked for like three hours <laughs> Yeah, it was awesome. It's some of the best memories you make are through talking, you know? Yeah. We went to Disney World where you get a two-hour wait for a 30-second ride, and it was still fun because we were talking, and we were growing closer to each other. That's good. Yeah, anyone going to, like, trips and stuff, remember the family view the first. line. Yeah, view the line as, like, the most valuable thing there is because talking to people for a long time like this, there's nothing that can compare. It's so good. Like, it's something that every human being needs. Yeah, it's something that too many human beings don't have. Yeah, you know, and so it's, it's it's kind of an essential thing to realize. Like, oh, there there's other people out there who probably struggle the same things you do. You're not alone. 
uh, and there's definitely other people out there who uh, have similar thoughts to you, but also different ones. And so you just, it works. Yeah. It just works. It's <laughs> I, I forgot where I was going with that. But like the thing <laughs> is, it, it, I think it's really good for your brain. Yeah. Because it gives you that f- positive reinforcement of, I shouldn't be ashamed of me because there's this other person here next to me who uh, is similar in a few ways. They could mm-hmm. be completely different too. Yeah. But it also shows that you're not alone because there's yeah. other people who could be completely different but also in the exact same position. <laughs> you know, so yeah. it's like, yeah. I, it's... I totally agree. And uh, just on the note of communication, one thing I've started to realize, like, I, I just like thought about it a little more. And it was actually, I, I realize a lot of things while I'm having conversation. Like I'll say something that I've never thought about before and then I'm like, whoa, that was like, a little bit of revelation right there. <laughs> yeah, but um, one thing I was talking about with a friend was like people a long time ago, they, um, you know, like hundreds of years ago, you know, they're like yeah. trying to hunt and stuff and do all these things, you know, they would do all those things. And then when they actually had time to talk, when they weren't out trying to survive, they would talk about, and that's why religion used to be so much of a bigger deal. They would like try to figure out, you know, like they're like, communicating with God and like what they need to do for God and all these things. And that's what I think is the problem. A big problem with the world today is like all the distractions. Well, there are too many dudes. So I want to ask you, like, how do you push through those distractions to still be able to have conversations like this? Just like, because like, you know, I came here and I'm like, okay, I want to like, you know, like schedule this. I will say first thing, like one of the main things I'm passionate about is a distraction. It's, yeah. it's, it's not that it's bad. It's, it, it can be a distraction, I yeah. guess. Uh, it, it can, it can take you away from things that are really important in life. And it's, mm-hmm. it's done that to me multiple times. I, I'm getting more to the point where I'm sort of mastering the skill of remembering what's actually important yeah. <laughs> because if you, because sometimes you could find yourself taking that pride cycle and all that kind of stuff, yeah. which I have gone through so many times and <laughs> it never i mean it is a personal thing you have to go through in order to yeah. realize that you need to be continually repenting yeah how do you learn from a mistake if you haven't even made it you know so it's yeah. like it's some things you just have to fail to succeed <laughs> yeah and so uh yeah i i just blanked no you're good uh no just like bringing up these types of conversations in everyday life oh yeah like so, how do you do that uh, well, like, how do I, like, are you able to do that with very many people? Like bring up deeper conversations yeah. that matter. Uh, I'd say like, it's off and on, like, yes and no. It's like, I want to at times, but I also sometimes can't. I mean, a really good outlet for it can be my girlfriend because she's, she listens to anything I say. I listen to anything <laughs> yeah. she says, you know, and Sometimes we get into deep convos too, and I like that because mm-hmm. it's like I do this with my cousin, and I'm passionate about this stuff. Yeah, and it's just good to like actually, I guess, be with someone who like is willing to listen to you and add to what you have to say. Mm-hmm. And so I guess it's been happening more with her because I haven't had really anybody else to talk about this stuff with. Like I have my uncle and stuff, but he lives in like St. George. Yeah, uh, but like. I guess it's good to have her for that because those conversations are good for Mm -hmm. just your mind. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's, it's really honestly like it's literally, it's food for the brain. Yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, food is also food for the brain, but, yeah. you know, it's... <laughs> and, like, feasting upon the Word, which, like, doesn't always just mean Scripture. It's just feasting upon, like, these concepts of things that, like, we need to recognize in order to actually become better. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I want to... Oh, what was I going to say? Oh, so the hard thing about these types of things is that, you know, you're not, like, making money or something in doing it. Yeah. And that's a big thing with the gospel. The gospel is a sacrifice, mm-hmm. you know, like you, outside of even tithing, like, it's a huge time sacrifice. And it's, you know, that's kind of the purpose is, uh, I don't know what scripture it is, like, we go to church to speak speak of the welfare of our souls, to yeah. have conversations like this so that we, like, know what we can do now in order to and our social status does not go up. It's, yeah. it's, it's a thing where you have to look beyond the physical, yeah. you know, because like, I mean, I'm sure all of, us, all of us have done it at some point where we're only looking at the here and now. We're only looking at the physical realm we're in. And we're like, this is boring. <laughs> I don't want to do it, you know? Yeah. But it's like, I, I feel like for me, sometimes when I'm in that state, what I have to do is literally force myself to read like three chapters. And if three chapters is enough, I keep going. Because the thing good. is, when it comes to that stuff, you're not going to feel the spiritual uplift right away. It takes time. Yeah. And so I sometimes find myself, if I find myself slightly prideful or something and I want to fix it, I will force myself to do it and I'll try my best to be as meaningful as possible with it. And... I realized that God up above is like, oh, he's trying, mm-hmm. you know, he's trying to not be like selfish or like, yeah. like the natural man. He's trying to kick that person out. Yeah. And, and so he really helps you out. It takes time. Like I've, I've read for a super long time and gotten nothing, you know? Uh, but it, the, the whole thing is you just keep going. Mm-hmm. Cause if it came right away, no one would be trying, so, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And uh, one thought that brings up is I've thought a lot about this, like falling off the path of like discipleship or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. I realized that falling off the path is so much more difficult than getting back on. So um, mm-hmm. like when you think about like the iron rod and the like that whole um, concept it's basically yeah. like you can fall off a cliff super easily, but it is hard to get back up the cliff. And like with good things, it's just you and it's made me think about it like with the world as a whole. Like if you do something really really bad, yeah. Like it can cause massive problems immediately. Mm-hmm. But it takes so much good to make up for that. And that's something that I think is pretty um, incredible of God to implement because it's not like okay one positive one negative they cancel out you're just where you were before you know it's like he can freaking he can add substance to your goodness and stuff it's like and I've found myself before too I've made some really stupid mistakes in my past but like I found myself uh, I feel like deep inside all along even when I was making those mistakes I have always had this really deep love for my savior. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's kind of, it's kind of been coming out a lot more lately because it's like the thing where I, I'll screw up, but I, I still got my heart there, you know? Yeah. Um, and you know, like there's no reason for screwing up. There's no good reason for making mistakes, uh, for like, you know, intentionally making a bad choice. But it's like, the thing is, 
I feel like no matter what I've done, as stupid as I've been, because I've been stupid at times, <laughs> I uh, I still had this love deep down for him. And I feel like there's literally always been that part of me that wants to confess of the sin I've made to my bishop and wants to just get out of there. Because there's that part of me that is like, chop, chop, you got to work on this and you got to, yeah. you know? Okay, but um, I want to ask, like, have you been able to do that? Like, Oh, in- yeah, I have, like, my bishop, I literally have him on my phone. Yeah. Uh, and literally any time that I make a mistake that, that I would have to confess for, I either text him or call him, you know, and, and he's been a really good, helpful friend about it, you know. Yeah. And it's it's great because, like, you you realize that your mistakes don't define you and when you got to look the way you got to look at it is when you're going to the the bishop's office if you got something to deal with look at the sin as a wound and look at the bishop as the doctor yeah he cannot seal the wound if you don't tell him every detail about you if like if he only knows if you don't show him basically if you don't yeah if you don't show him the whole wound he can only heal part of the wound yeah. So you you gotta get the whole wound. You gotta expose it to him. Let him sew it back up. And, and like obviously that takes action on your part. To it make does. Changes. It does. It does. Because you you uh, you have to keep fighting and stuff. And uh, there will be times that you'll screw up. Like whatever sin it may be, there will be times you'll screw up. That's mm-hmm. just how it is. But what God cares about most is what's in your heart. So if you screw up and then decide to immediately confess to it and try your best to keep going god is very fast to forgive you of that yeah you know and so it's like i would say the best way to get over like if anyone has addictions to like porn or something you know the best way to get over it would be don't count the days that you're not screwing up you have to uh look more at the effort that you're throwing in because the act the, the action that you put in Helps so much more. If you count days, you're bound to screw up again. That's just how <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's that's true. It's like if you and if you like count the the mistakes, you're missing out on the fact that when making the mistake, you could have learned from it and grown from it, and that's what matters. God doesn't want you to again like a child walk, learning to walk. God is not going to pin you to the ground and say you suck at walking, you stop trying. Yeah. Because the thing is, if you screw up, you learn, oh, I did that wrong, I did this wrong, I have to fix this, I have to be ready for the next battle. Mm-hmm. You keep going, you be that warrior, and no matter how much Satan scars you, you just fight back. You yeah. know what I mean? It's And it's it's a long process, but it is amazing. Like As soon <laughs> as you go cool. for a long time... It is amazing. Like, I'm telling you, I felt the spirit, like, so much by just trying super hard. You yeah. know what I mean? It, it's great. So, um, one thought that brings up for me is uh, I think the Savior, when he was on earth, and I'm sure it's the same now, wherever he is, yeah. um, he lived in the moment. He didn't, he wasn't worried. Like, you know, he knew what he was going to have to go through with Gethsemane and stuff. Yeah. And... Yeah. But, like, the three years leading up to that, he still served like no one else ever has before. And he taught, and he was testifying, even though he knew something bad was coming. But um, I just want to get to the idea of living in the moment, because I've noticed, just as you were talking about, like, kind of the process of, like, repentance and stuff. It involves a lot of living in the moment. Yeah, because I—so, I don't know. 
I've likened my, so I used to be very a, good at remembering when things happened because yeah. I would think about the past so much because I didn't have outlets like this to talk about future things and current things. Yeah, for sure. So I, um, you know, I would think like, oh, this thing happened then, this thing happened. Like I could, someone could t ask me like when we went and saw this movie and I could give them a date and it was like two years ago. I can't do that anymore. And I've likened that unto me um, not thinking about the past as much because I yeah. feel like I'm getting better at understanding what repentance is and understanding that the person you were a year ago is not who you are now and you should not yeah. be, you're yeah. not responsible for those mistakes anymore if you've repented of them. Yeah, the thing is like, uh, it's, it's, it can be hard because sometimes like it might even be the way your brain is constructed. Sometimes it might be hard to forgive yourself because uh, like I know of some people who uh, struggle extremely with forgiving themselves and some that everyone deals with, but these, this person in particular, I won't name names, but they deal with it in, on a, lo a lot more of an extreme because of a chemical imbalance and stuff, uh, which is sad because you know that they're trying and you know that God has forgiven them. It's just really hard for them to do that. Mm -hmm. uh, and obviously God can help them do that it's going to be a much different process because of the way their body's constructed uh, and genetics and stuff like that. But it's, I've noticed that even for me has been a really hard part too. Like, but as soon as I got to the point where I was like, okay, I did screw up the other day, but what am I doing right now? Yeah. You know, like what, what am I doing right now? Am I, am I being kind to my family? Am I being kind to my brother? Uh, am I, helping someone am i heck working out because that helps you a lot <laughs> yeah it's true <laughs> it, like you know you gotta get you gotta get physical too and also spiritual it, it's just living in the moment is it helps you so much if you think about the past it will cripple you mm -hmm. <laughs> i'm pretty sure we we both have experience in that yeah. like it cripples it's it, it kind of stunts your ability to do action like you just yeah. can't go out and do things because you're so afraid of making mistakes yeah because i've noticed there like it's the same way with social anxiety for example if you're if you're you know looking back at the past the mistakes you made you might put yourself lower than everybody else. So then when you're around everybody else, you're maybe a bit more awkward because you genuinely feel like you're not worth as much as these yeah. other people. And so then you come off as awkward and stuff. But when you live in the moment and see yourself for who you really are, and mm -hmm. if you look at your heart and not your mistakes, you your confidence will go up because you know you. Yeah. And it's really reassuring to get God's love basically confirming who you really are and then you're like oh i because i've literally <laughs> had it at times where i've been so hard on myself when i felt god's love for me after like saying a prayer or something i felt the spirit so strong i realized i was like oh gosh i i actually i'm actually not as bad as i thought i was because i was yeah you know hardcore on myself and so it's really weird because sometimes like it's so easy to believe those lies you tell yourself and so when you come to the realization of your worth and stuff, a part of you is like, wait, what? <laughs> I, I thought I was, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've had that before. Huh. That's yeah, that's really cool. Um, 
I think this would be a good time to ask the question. I, I mean, because uh, we talked a lot about like eternity and those like and yeah. memories and types of stuff. Um, what are some things that you have learned in this life? Just the absolute most important things that you've learned, not like any physical things, but like that you've learned principles or concepts or something cool um, that you want that if, okay, wait, if God told you you could only take a few things to the next life, what would you want those things to be? So I'm going to, so one thing I want to say to that is the idea of looking at everyone as a baby. Is it okay? Yeah. So basically what I'm saying here is, uh, you know, again, you have the the thing with, you know, God looking at a kid learning to walk. We've brought that up a few times, but sort of the same way. But if you look at every single person and think of them, like that's what helps me to see people for who they really are. Because the way, like, I think of everybody as a baby. Would you want a baby to be bullied? Would you want a baby to be mistreated? Would you want to see a baby crying? No, you would not. It would hurt your heart. And the thing is, you, when you look at everyone as precious as that, because that is truly how precious they are, uh, it helps you to see who they really are. And uh, you're able to look past maybe mistakes they've made and stuff because like you see like you look at someone like a stoner or something you never know they could be doing all that crap because deep down they are hurting so bad they feel like that's the only thing they can do to get out of it and so when you look at it that way uh you know and and with that kind of thing like addiction to drugs or whatever the connection heals the addiction yeah you have to in order to make that connection you have to see their heart you can't see this you have to see this yeah. You have to see the heart. So oh, one, one thought that brings up is like... So basically what I want to take with me essentially is the idea of seeing everyone as a baby. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I've never heard of it in that way. Yeah. And um, that idea of like... Uh, so when you are trying to help someone go through something, your mind shouldn't be on the idea that... Um, like you're trying to go through this process to fix their problem. Yeah. You should be trying to help them bring out in themselves what's greater than that problem. And yeah. I was listening to, it was just in the Preach My Gospel, I think, where it talks about um, like missionaries, we don't, like as a missionary, uh, sorry, missionaries don't uh, like give people the light of Christ. They already have it. People yeah. already have that within themselves. So basically, the when you're trying to help someone else, you should be trying to help them recognize that within themselves. Yeah, it's true. It's the thing is, you can always help fix a, like a mistake. You can always help fix a problem. You can have it fixed for a minute, but if there was no heart thrown into it, if this person didn't discover more about themselves that they should know, it's just gonna happen again. Yeah. <laughs> it it will come back one hundred percent, and it's it's just it's all a matter of if you can get someone to realize their actual worth, then they it'll help them to like the spirit will be with them more, mm-hmm. and the spirit is basically their sidekick in defeating Satan too. Yeah, you know, and so it really helps because if if there's no heart in it, if it's just status quo deal with it and leave oh you're gonna have problems (laughs) you know so yeah it's 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 really interesting too because like the brain it really helps the brain too because the brain can be really really hurt by addictions uh but but when 
when these people start going on these paths and stuff of learning who they really are and like really redeveloping it redevelops their brain mm -hmm. because they have that positive reinforcement of I'm not that as bad a person as I thought I was and like it literally like no joke like science has even proved this point like there's um, pictures of someone with addiction to like meth or something their brain you see like how they the brain looks damaged on like the cat scan or whatever um, literally over time through this those processes uh, you see the brain literally starts to change and kind of re-engineer itself because yeah. what that did was create a neural pathway which is the addiction that neural pathway can be defeated it is very hard but it can be That's and cool. it's it's cool because even science has proved that the divine process can literally alter your brain and so honestly that's amazing that, that's cool how you call it the divine process it really is yeah because it's all about like you know because spirituality is a really big thing and because uh, i've noticed when it comes to if i'm struggling with anything the number one thing that helps me like yeah physical stuff helps me and stuff but number one thing that helps me is remembering that Christ is my buddy and I can <laughs> buddy yeah yeah and like getting to know and sometimes I'll think of God as uh, like just think of think of like a friend that you talk to every day think of a friend that you just want to have conversations with would you want to leave that friend in the dark and not talk to them again no you wouldn't <laughs> think of God Absolutely, that way yeah. You know? And um, Jesus, like, because he's he's gone through everything that we've had to go, go through, there's no way he wants to leave anyone behind because he knows what it feels like to have that problem, to have those things happen to you. Yeah. And so, like, to have someone, to have a friend who has a perfect understanding of you, you know that they do not want to leave you behind. Yeah, it's and the, th the thing there is it's like, it's like it can be really difficult because... You think of this larger-than-life person, right? God, like, oh my gosh, he created all these planets and stuff. It's kind of hard to think of them simply as a friend, mm -hmm. a human being friend. But I've actually been able to, like, pull it off. I've been able to think of it as that. And I've been able to think about how, like, much it might hurt him to uh, basically kind of ignore him. Almost like at lunch when there's a friend who wants to see you and uh, like if you were to just leave and just go to another table and they're sitting alone. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It's like it's like crappy and dumb analogy, but it's it makes sense, right? Yeah. So God has a personal relationship with all of us. Yeah. Like and you have to think of him in that closer way because you like as an individual and this is a Otherwise this is it so, doesn't work. Yeah, like you can't you can't possibly think about everything that's happening in the world at one time. One good analogy of this is Okay, like uh, if you show someone an ad for like a girl that's starving to death and like, like please donate to this thing, right? Like they're like, okay, I will donate. But if you show someone that like this whole group of people is struggling just as bad, like they're all struggling that bad, they're less likely to care because there's a larger group. So once it gets to the point of the whole world, you have all these problems going on. And I think that God gave us that ability. Like we no, he made it impossible for us to worry about these, those things because we can't. Yeah. And so individually, you have to think about life individually and just the, the other lives that you can personally touch because just, I don't know. 
that's just something that's so crazy to me is that like I am this individual I'm going to live my entire life from this perspective yeah and like it takes trust to know that everyone else has their own perspectives that's that deep and um, it can be so hard and because everyone's this deep like we all have such a unique and powerful experience um God must be connected to everyone very personally. Yeah, it's it, it does not work any other way. <laughs> it just it just can't work. It's and and when you don't think of him personally, being personal is literally being personal and being real and being vulnerable. Those are literally the keys out of it basically. Like if you're struggling with like any type of addiction in life, those are your keys. And like you know, that might sound vague, but it's very true. Yeah. You know, there's definitely a lot more work that goes into it, but those, those really are at the core of it. It's, it's literally because it helps you to see people for what they really are. And it helps you to, it, it you just become a light, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it, 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 I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> no, but, I love that. Like the yeah. idea of becoming a light and, uh, Okay, here's one thing I wanted to talk a little bit about. So you talked about, like, how you've made mistakes, and, like, we talked about a little bit about, like, not judging people, you know, because, like, you never know what they're going through. Now, one of my big... um, This is one of my... I I mentioned this a little bit, just, like, you know, we go to church on Sunday, don't talk about it the rest of the week. It's the same with any principle. Like, we talk a lot about a lot of things, but we don't implement them very well. But I'm just wondering, like... How how conscious do you feel like you are of those things day by day? Just like living in normal life, not not like where we are right here, where we can easily ponder those things. Yeah. But just like when you're at school or something like that, and you see someone like, and you like, you know, your first instinct is to judge them. Like, do you feel like you're able to be conscious of that? I I am actually. I'm at the point now where I I've literally, I've seen, I've I've had such a I guess a good outlook on people like no matter how they looked or acted uh, again thinking of them all as babies and it's like it, it I don't know I was it took practice but I got to the point where I would see a random person even slightly sad and it hurt me inside so much because mm-hmm. it made my heart feel it, it made me like full of my heart basically it made me feel for all these people even if I had no idea their background, I didn't even know these people, I would kind of, what I'd do is if I saw that, I would sort of try and plant myself in their shoes the best I can, you know? Yeah. And just I would see like, oh, remember how it felt when you were basically doing the same kind of crying the other week or something like that? And bringing that back in also help you to realize, oh shoot, I wanna help this person. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause you like a lot of us never realize how terrible uh like sadness can be and stuff until you're going through it and that's why i think it's really important that we do go through it in life and try to remember it too so that when someone else is going through it you can kind of you can comfort them yeah you you can you can have the uh the sympathy you know yeah and um i was talking about this with a friend a couple days ago um like if something bad happened, like let's say uh, you lose a loved one, you go through that entire thing, and then a few months later you're kind of moved on from it, and yeah. then um, someone else goes through a similar experience, um, 
I, I realized you can't like even though you've gone through that experience because you're not like like we don't have okay so when you're not going you can't because you're not connected to the person the not other. just that but like let me take it back a step we can't possibly comprehend what how we would react if we lose certain people we can't you it can be different for each person yeah and so on from that um you like it just wrecks your entire brain to think that deeply like if i were to lose my mom or something i can't even think about that because that would just not do i like i know i'd feel sad but i don't know the type of sadness because here's the thing i've met many people in my life who are now dead uh by like things like suicide and stuff like that but each one of them took a different type of toll the toll was still it was like sadness and everything but each one felt different because each one was their own identity Mm -hmm. each person was different so it felt different when they left yeah like i remember for some of them uh my my initial reaction would be to uh maybe burst out crying with tears and stuff uh most recent one was basically just before tearing up basically freezing like physically having the hardest time moving and basically almost blacking out because I can't believe the reality of it. Like you, you just want to pass out because it's so insane. You start to lose your breath because you get a panic attack essentially. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so it can be different for every person. And so like you can have someone die and you can like, I've, I've lost someone once and thought, uh, I wonder if they're on the other side right now and if they're super confused. Or if they're basically yeah. like super sad right now because about. they don't know what they did or they don't realize the gravity of their decisions and they, they're in that place and you, it's just so hard to imagine them there and you not being able to help them through it. And so I've had that thought process a bit and it, it's a terrible one because it's like you just wish you could go into the spirit world yeah. and help them, but you can't, you yeah. know? It's so weird to think about like what others must be experiencing over there. Yeah. And uh, to kind of like resolve my thought from earlier, like just like when, you know, you go through that experience that happens to someone else, when you're not in that moment, you can't fully understand the gravity. Like even if you already went through it, you like can't fully appreciate it because, you know, your mind's on other things and stuff. And yeah. It's, yeah, it's sympathizing so is very difficult because it's so difficult. Oh my God. <laughs> I got to say like, I do, I believe that, like, as far as, like, genuinely how my heart goes and stuff, I'm able to, like, feel it deep down, like, feel for them. But it's also, like, it's really hard to be, because sometimes I'll, I'll feel a little less for them just because I don't, like, I'm trying, mm-hmm. but it's, it's hard, you know? And I think God's glad that I'm trying, but sometimes I just feel guilty because I feel like, because sometimes I deal with this thing of putting a little too much weight on my shoulders. I feel like I got to help everybody. Mm. And all that does is destroy you. And it's not good. But that was when I, like, I had mastered, like, basically, literally mastered, you know, empathy and sympathy and, like, being able to be there for people. And I was so good at it until the point I was too good at it to where I felt like I had to be the Superman, you know? (laughs) Like I had to save like you feel everybody. Like, yes, yeah. I and like anyone listening, like I don't think that's like a prideful statement. Like it's like something where once you start to realize things and get better, like you can just be overwhelmed by 
what everyone else is going through. It it's so true because you you because you feel as soon as you feel their response, like as soon as you feel for somebody, sometimes you can feel their responsibility for whenever it happens again. And it happens a lot, way too much for you to handle. Mm -hmm. And so then you're basically going to self-destruct. And it's, it's not so good. It's, Would you be okay to talk about, like, uh, what's his name, Blake at all? Or sure. would you rather, um, I don't know how to segue into that. I just don't know if, like, just because I feel like it's, like, an experience that people, like, a lot of people go through, like, crazy stuff like that. It, yeah, it's, it's insanely common now. Um, I'm trying to think, because it's like I I, I want to like have a good place to start with it. Yeah, yeah. But it's also like I, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But it's. Do we want to like mention the suicide aspect, or do we want to just touch um, on it being a close friend? I I'm honestly fine with fully touching on it because I feel like sometimes you have to touch on stuff no matter how intense yeah, the subject may be. <laughs> It's and it's also something the world needs to know about because we're in a world where people are doing this. Probably it's probably going to be every twenty seconds soon, Crazy. and that's not good. And and it might already be in some cases. It's it's insane, uh, but it's like because um, I've seen this. I've seen like you know those like clock things they'll have where they're like counting the deaths or whatever. Mm -hmm. Obviously they're not a hundred percent accurate because. If you're watching that clock and say you're in a classroom full of people, if you kill everyone in that classroom, will it calculate those numbers? No, it won't because it's not accurate. You, they're not they're not omniscient, yeah, yeah. but they are somewhat accurate. Just because the, the world's so big, they can make rough estimates. Yeah, yeah, like they're somewhat accurate in you know rough estimates and basically the consistency of how it happens yeah. because that's usually what it is. Wait, like, let me stop you for a second. I'm gonna. I'm going to include that, like just what we talked about for there for a second. But um, we cut out for a little bit just and just to decide if we wanted to talk about something. Oh, and right yeah. now he's talking a little bit about suicide. But yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I was getting into the, you know, the world clock and stuff. And it's obviously not 100% accurate to deaths. It can't track every single death. But it is somewhat, it's a rough estimate and it's somewhat accurate in terms of the consistency because it uh, usually happens that amount of times. And it's basically, there will be times it doesn't happen for a certain amount of yeah. times. But it, overall, it's a rough estimate, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, and we looked at one of those in, our, in one of our classes and those suicide numbers go up to at least 80,000 a day. Uh, and that's just in, uh, I want to say it's just in the U.S. Yeah. And I got to say, I don't, it's, it's, I feel like society puts a lot of pressure on people, especially men, because lately the suicide numbers have been way more male than female. It's mainly because they, the society puts like responsibility on us. Yeah, so and I mean, much. there's necessary responsibility. It, it's necessary, but I feel like it, it could be implemented in a different way, maybe. Yeah. I, I don't specifically know. I'm not an expert, but I feel like there's a few glitches in the system. There's a For few sure. things wrong with it. And it's basically like, uh, you know, you, we live in a world with so many, so much tech and stuff, which can affect brain chemistry. And uh, you add on top 
uh, so many pressures that a man might face because he thinks he has to be, and so many men deal with the thinking they have to be the Superman. Mm-hmm. That's something that dudes deal with a lot. So one thing I want to bring up for like any girls listening and stuff, like this is uh, definitely not to say that there isn't any crazy struggles that girls go through. Oh, girls go but, through so much more than I could even imagine. Yeah, I know um, but it's like a different type of thing. And I think, and I've yeah. heard it a lot um, with guys, it's almost like they're not, a lot of people aren't um, willing to let boys express themselves. That's the number one. And girls, um, you know, usually have that... Um, opportunity a little bit more especially with each other but guys also build off of each other like as really tough like your friends most of the time are probably like oh you're toughing up man whatever it's the tough man thing that uh that really gets us because i was actually told once by like a therapist uh that her her dad at one point was trying to hold back tears when uh his wife was about to die and uh he was like trying to come up with excuses for what the tears were like i don't know what the excuses were they were see, dumb obviously yeah. but you see that's what society did to him made him think that crying is a bad thing it's a sign of weakness no it's actually a sign of great strength but it's the thing is many people don't like we're just taught to think that we have to be you know big tough and like and and it takes time to get there we can't we can't start there we have to build up to get there yeah. And it's the build-up part that makes it really hard because you get caught in those emotions and you just, and Satan kind of. So the tough thing, um, like we talk about, it's always hard to talk about society as a whole because, I mean, me and you you can't really do anything about it. But like just when we bring up these problems with society, I guess just anyone listening and like even for me and you, just think about, um, how within maybe your own home or your own groups of people you can make it so that um, we can kind of get better at these things. You yeah, because here's the thing. When it comes to this kind of issue, uh, it can easily be solved just in one household. I, I wouldn't say easily because well, every person is so different. But I, I guess what I meant by easily was it's easier than millions of people yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> like we shouldn't be attacking problems as like we need to fix the entire country i, I heard <laughs> yeah. a, i heard a funny um th- uh, way of thinking about it once like uh if someone's company gets like shut down or something like it gets like completely bought out or I, I don't know what the analogy was exactly you don't um you don't say oh it's all capitalism's fault you yeah that's like that's like saying um what was it? It was so funny. I don't know. Um, but like, it was like, that's like um, losing a wheel from your car. No, not losing a wheel. Like, <laughs> like puncturing your tire or something and yeah. then just deciding to throw away the entire car. Because <laughs> yep. like, that's like, okay, let's destroy and like just take out this entire way work. society run is run just because yeah. of this problem. So It's not going to work. You know, it, it has to, like, you can't fix it really uh, on a big scale at all tiny tiny time, tiny scale as time goes on as time goes on those things hopefully get fixed but yeah, right now what yeah. can you do in your own home and i do want to talk a little bit about the emotion thing because there has to be a toughness like built into everyone so yeah, there has to be a little bit and it's so i don't know how where balance, exactly you gauge the, it the line is 
difficult to find. And one thing I thought I found like within my own family that's cool is like my mom was always like listen to me super well and then my dad was the side that was more like okay make sure you figure this out like um, on your own too. Um, yeah, not yeah. to say that my mom didn't Both say of that, which but it's like, yeah, so like they work together, right? And that's like they work well in tandem. And that's like, uh, I think that's a big thing with male and female. Like we bring these different perspectives, but just hopefully they don't get so polarized to the point where you can only have emotion on the female and side. I and feel you like only have be, toughness on the other side. It can be part of just the the victim to suicide. It can be part of their brain chemistry. Mm-hmm. They can think of it as much more polarizing than it needs to yeah. be. They can think of it uh, as they're maybe they think they're more responsible than they actually are. Yeah. Uh, you know, because when you think about it, anybody who does that is not thinking logically. No That's one true. is. Uh, and I'm sure, like, I'm sure, like, everyone has that. So everyone has not thought logically at some point. Uh, but it's like, for some people, it can get really intense. Uh, I didn't, I don't know entirely for sure. Uh, nobody knows the real reason why he went, but it was, uh, I've, I've heard from... We're talking about uh, Roman's friend, uh, what was his name? Uh, Blake Wallace. Blake, okay. Yeah, um, really, he was a really good dude. Uh, I, I feel like one thing that could have had, like, I feel like the way I think, I don't know his reasons, uh, but the thing is, I feel like it was multiple different reasons combined into one, of kind course, of yeah. coming to a head to the point where he just felt like he couldn't deal with it. And so it was basically just the, I, I think one contributor to it was toxic people using him for what they want and then leaving. Like, cause you know, I, I actually know one of his friends who she, she actually knew him a bit more than anybody else. He hid his emotions from everybody else but her. Uh, she found out stuff about how he would run into the wrong girlfriends or the wrong just friends in general and they would use him and then leave and so basically that made him think oh I'm just I'm just an object I'm just here yeah, for just he didn't money. have any real relationships yeah yeah that's the problem is like I've been through some toxic relationships too where I'm trying to be real with them but they are so fake and the second they get what they want they leave and the second you show any slight of... Or like, not just like leave. they get what they want, but just like they are sick of... Like, I don't know. They feel like, oh man, like yeah, I can't it, get what I want anymore, maybe. It's yeah. many different things. It's, uh, I feel it's, it's, it's really good. It's a really good example of people not looking at the spiritual, not looking at what really matters. Uh, because if, if everyone looked at everyone for who they really were, these would go down, obviously, like a lot. Yeah. But it, the thing is... It's it's people who like maybe used him for uh, maybe what they wanted or maybe he at one point felt a little bit sad and when he tried opening up to them, they just left him. So that made him feel like he was trapped. That made him think that everyone else is going to be like that. So therefore he trapped it inside and trapping it inside kind of builds it up. Yeah. And so I think that was a part of it because like I feel like a lot of us run into those kind of people that make you feel like your feelings don't matter, so don't even tell them to anybody when really that's just one person out of thousands <laughs> that that's you can crazy. meet in your life, you know? And yeah. it's just insane how much your brain can play those tricks on you. Your brain can tell you some things that you can believe just like that, that are yeah. insanely delusional and just wrong. 
but that's just how and part are. of it goes to like how you perceive how much other people think about you and stuff because really i don't think anyone no one thinks about you as much as you think they think about you you know yeah like, the other i've like i remember someone was telling me like i oh, don't worry about how you are in front of others they're too busy worrying about what you think of them yeah the, <laughs> you know they're too busy focused on themselves which is really true uh but it's just because sometimes it gets to you sometimes your brain gets to you and gets you in that trap too many people are in that trap mm-hmm. like literally almost everyone you see in the street is in that trap yeah. You know, and it's it's crazy, but I, I I feel like the overall like emotions that I went through with this case was basically uh this one when I first heard about it. I uh I th- I think I told you before I had guilt because I was up until 4 and the death happened at 2:15 uh and Saturday morning and I felt terrible because I was like okay, so th- there was something that would have obviously been noticeable. I don't want to get too graphic into how I did it or whatever, but it's something that I definitely would have heard had I not had headphones in. I had uh, headphones in. Like, yeah. And that made me feel even worse. And so I was like, I was like, well, crap, you know? And, and I was kind of pissed at myself for a second, but then that's I mean, obviously... You couldn't have done anything about it. Yeah, but what I'm getting into is it's just another good example of how easily we can think illogically you know Mm -hmm. what i mean because like and your brain falls in that trap and you're just like you believe it you know what i mean like you've been through it a lot too huh like you 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 think a certain way that is so not true at all and you're just you're trapped in it it's you're like a slave to it i feel like uh with me like it's I get so frustrated with it. Like I recognize it really easily, but like I can't get out of it. Like some yeah. things with school and other stuff that I have to do, I'm like this, I want to do, like, I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> I feel like I'm wasting so much time doing this. And yeah. um, it, it just really, that's one of the things that really bothers me. But lately, since I've been doing stuff like this and like trying to exercise my true passion, I felt better. But yeah. Yeah. Um, one question I want to ask you, and this is a hard one. Okay. Um, like just, but I think it needs to be talked about. And uh, but what would you have done differently, like before he died, before Blake? If, took if his, I knew he was gonna go, um, took his before he took his own life. Like what? Just just everyday day to life, every day, um, in normal life leading up to it. Like it doesn't matter the date or anything. But like, what would you have done different in how you? interacted with him if you had known that like that was that may have been an issue that like he may have come to that i uh would definitely be a lot more open to him because he was the kind of kid who was at times annoying you know but i but now that i look back him being a bit annoying was probably just him wanting to feel loved and so desperate for it that maybe he got a bit annoying because he just wanted it so badly and he felt like he could never get it, so he felt like he had to keep trying and trying. And so looking back, I kind of saw, I kind of see that in him now. That all along, all he wanted was to be loved. You know, he didn't mm-hmm. like he was much more than he thought he was, but he didn't feel it because, uh, you know, that's just that's how his brain was and stuff. And it's really it's hard because, and ever since that, I've learned, uh, like. You know, yeah, you can take your time away from the annoying people to keep your sanity. But the thing is, 
you got to look into it and realize that that can really be a secondary behavior. Yeah. Because it's it, the, the it's literally created, I want to say, like, a lot of the time it's created out of just feeling not loved. Like, why why else do you think anyone would be annoying to anyone? They want to be acknowledged. Like, no, like, sometimes even if they're being annoying with the intent to make you pissed off, they it's because they feel so hurt inside and so alone to the point yeah. where they feel like any reaction whether bad or good it's a reaction and they want it because yeah. they don't get any see and it's crazy and i feel like i've i've been very blessed to be very loved my whole life so i've never come to that point so i don't fully understand it yeah but it's uh i think it's definitely very real like just wanting any attention and different people deal with it different ways there there are the people who feel that way and deal with it through trying their best to get any attention possible and there are also those who deal with it and they do it in the way that they don't try to get any attention at all and they try to basically treat themselves as though they are a ghost and no one else sees them because they feel like you know, this feeling of worthlessness can either lead you the annoying route or maybe the route of no one cares and sort of psychologically proving that to yourself by not making yourself stand out yeah. in any way. And so it can go either way. And yeah. you never know. Man, it's, it is crazy. Yeah. But um, so before we switch gears a little bit, and talk about movies and stuff. <laughs> this will feel a little bit weird. Yeah, we just went downhill. We can like <laughs> climb back up. <laughs> um, but I just want, like, what do you want someone to take away from what we've talked about so far? Uh, I, I want them to take away, I want, I want them to just kind of think, I just want them to think more about, like, have a conversation with your inner critic. Have a conversation with yourself. What are you judging yourself on? Because you know you're judging yourself on something deep down. Talk to yourself a bit because that can be the first step into being able to help others too. Mm -hmm. uh, you can't help others unless you help yourself first. And if you try to help others first, it could lead into terrible territory. You could end up like Blake. Uh, and so it's like, it's, you gotta just really focus on what your, what's your body telling you? Realize what your body's telling you, what, what signals your brain is sending, what signals your emotions are sending. Listen to it. Like, give, give yourself a minute to talk with yourself because you are just as valuable as any other friend and you are just as deserving to be able to talk to yourself as any other friend would be towards you. Mm -hmm. So I'd say, number one, just listen to you. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, awesome. Thank yeah. you. Um, that, yeah, that was a really good conversation. I'm hoping people listen to it. And that's one of the big struggles with this podcast. It's like, I don't know who's going to take the time to listen to these things. But the, maybe the, they will. There are definitely people out there. I've, but, I've listened to stuff like this before, yeah, too. So. And I'm doing my part. Like, I feel like I'm doing my part just putting it out there. It's up to you if you hey, want to do hey, it. It's, it's good to do. You know, like you can. It's, it's good to have your balance of maybe, you know, just fun podcasts and also podcasts that are... Well, I try to mix it in, you know, like, and, maybe that, and that's why we're about both. to jump into movies, but... Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, honestly, it's good. It's just, I feel like it's healthy. Yeah. Because <laughs> when, when you think about it, anyone who's making content that is all about being comedic or something... All right, we were interrupted for a sec, but we're going to segue into movies. One thing before we start that, 
earlier you talked about how like you felt um you know we talked about spiritual things and like you were saying that like you felt like you know your filmmaking passion is a form of a distraction oh yeah and i'm sure sure. it is to some degree but i do want to point out like the incredible um like utility of like spirituality within it it can be really good because i actually to be honest i have had this uh script written for a couple of years now it's it's one that i actually want to put budget into like this is this is a short film that if i'm going to do it i'm going to i'm going to work hard on it yeah and my my idea for it was i thought of why don't i come up with a cool premise right like something sick but I also add in the human elements into it, send a, an emotional message because that, at the end of the day, that is what makes any movie great. Yeah. And so what I thought of was the idea of having the film end with the same exact scene that it starts. So it's almost like a loop. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to explain this. This is going to be, if, you, if you'll understand it, some people <laughs> understand it, some people need to explain it over again. But the basic premise of this story is you you got your main character who is dealing with PTSD because he has lost his uh, his sister. Um, and he gets nightmares about it. He gets nightmares about her. Uh, and I was thinking about going a little bit intense with that, you know. Uh, but, like, this, it sort of just shows what they're going through. And I wanted to sort of speak out about people who deal with this stuff after dealing with the loss. It's a, it's a movie about grief. At its core, it's a movie about grief. Because uh, I wanted to make sure every single thing that the characters do is motivated by the emotion they're feeling. Yeah. So that it feels compelling. Yeah. And so basically, the idea was he is hurting over the loss of his uh, sister, uh, who he couldn't save. And uh, later on in the film, it, it explains how her death happened but I kind of want to like wait until I'm further into like actually making it Mm -hmm. to explain that part Uh, but I'm explaining the bulk of it so basically the way it works is you got uh, his uh, future self actually should it's got time travel in it but I had some fun with this (laughs) while also adding an emotion so his future self shows up it comes back in time uh, and he shows up saying oh it better work this time it better have worked this time and asking where she is, and he doesn't know who this she is that, that he's talking about. And as far as he's concerned, it's just a random person wearing a suit. He can't actually see his face, you know? Uh, and I wanted to have a slight action scene. Not too much action, because it would be ridiculous. But, <laughs> you know, just a slight action scene that sort of shows the denial in grief. As in, when he finally finds out that this is his future self coming back to find his sister, who is dead he is in so much denial about it. Yeah. It's it's sort of a manifestation of his grief and he does not like it, so Good, he fights yeah. it. And um, so that's the kind of message I wanted to send through. And also the idea was when his future self goes back to save the sister, he accidentally went back to the wrong time. He accidentally went back to a couple weeks after she had died. So uh, basically he didn't make it. Then towards the end of the movie, the idea is if his future self went back in time and missed where he was supposed to go, that means in the future he's going to do the same thing. Wow. See how it makes the loop? Yeah. So basically they, they go through a lot and then at one point he's like, you know, you you know, maybe it didn't work for me. Maybe if you try it, you can get her back. He tries it. He is that future self. And then the movie's over. You know, it's it's like... 
he goes back in time and he's mm. saying the same dialogue. I wanted to have the dialogue when his future self first shows up. Uh, I wanted him to be saying, it better have worked this time. It has to work this time. It makes sense at the end of the movie because it's basically the second try to get her back. Yeah, that's cool. But since it's destined that he'll miss it, that's the line he's saying. Yeah. And also I wanted the future, the future version of him when they're fighting to kind of be able to see his moves from a mile away because he's been through it already. He's been through the fight and he's he knows what's going down. Crazy. So it just creates endless loop. That's so cool. Yeah, and so I had that cool idea, but I also thought what would make it even cooler is adding the human dimension to it. And so I wanted to have a really good, basically like sort of a bonding scene between him and his future self sort of trying to go through that it's a lot the the main focus of the movie the message it's sending is how deny how in denial people can be mm -hmm. the denial stage of grief because the entire reason like going back in time to save that's denial in and of itself yeah and so it it kind of shows that you know in a really weird way basically the analogy is denial is not good because Basically, in this, it creates chaos, as in a massive time loop that keeps going and going and going. I'm basically saying that <laughs> denial is not healthy. It's yeah, not good. You that's know awesome. I mean? yeah. And it's, it, it's, it's interesting because uh, I was listening to this one podcast once where these guys were talking about how, like, you can't just, like, listen to, like, a a 20 minute summary of a book or a movie or something you have to experience the whole thing and even if the message is super simple you have to get that entire story oh, you in order to really really get it i uh i the script is from what i know I, I wrote it a few years back i might need to do some revisions but from what i got it was it had a really good emotional core which is what i'm going for i want that i, I want it to stick with you you know what i mean mm -hmm. uh but it's and I honestly think this is one that I might make when I moved out or something when I have money to throw into it uh, and, and because I want it to work. Yeah. But also, I feel like there, the, there is always the risk that you could have a good script that could make a bad movie. It happens all the time. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to try and I'm going to try my best and we'll see, we'll see where it goes, you know. And, and yeah. it may not be the best, but if it at least puts through some good emotion if nothing else, then basically mission accomplished. Because it's basically, it's the entire purpose at the core is to send a good message. Yeah. It's not all about the action. The action only happens because of the emotion. Yeah. You know? And so, awesome. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Um, how long of a, how long would you want it to be for a short film? So when I uh, wrote it down, I think that it was sort of, it was going to be around like a six, seven minute one. Because oh, whoa. The thing with the thing with this idea is, if you try to extend it, make it too long, if it, it'll start to feel stretched out, it'll start yeah. to feel forced, it'll start to feel like the filmmaker behind the scenes is literally just trying to throw in stuff to make it longer, just stalling <laughs> time. Yeah. And I don't want to do that because I want to. It's it's sort of on the medium of being short. It's meant to be short. Yeah. Uh, but I I can have it be cool. I can have it have a heart. You know, and, yeah. and I, the, <laughs> sure. the, it all started with what if I had a movie that was like a loop ended the same way it began? Yeah. And then I was like, I kept building on it like, okay, you got this person dealing with this, this person dealing with that. We're going to demonstrate that in a way that we can suck the character in or the audience in with the character. 
and that that's something that I really want to do because you know I'm big on character development mm -hmm. <laughs> and so that's what I want to try myself <laughs> so can I say one thing real fast um, I think okay maybe in this because I wanted to like talk about Marvel movies but I'm thinking oh, yeah. I'm thinking maybe um, I don't know you we could talk about that for so long maybe we save like m specific movie criticisms for like a separate episode we can just like make one oh, where we're just sure. talking like maybe just sometime in the future we'll just talk about movies it won't really be anything super deep it'll just be, <laughs> That'll fun, be fun, you know, fun like just some fun movie talk but now let's talk about and all the stupid yeah yeah <laughs> and like now with just trying to make I don't know, because I feel like in this conversation we're doing a good job of like you know finding meaning in everything, right? Yeah. And so it, I want to talk I, about that a little my, bit. My my most favorite movies are the ones you can grab meaning out of. Mm -hmm. That's just that's just how I am. It's I'm an emotional. I like the emotional yeah. connection, and typically things that are just explosions in action and just for the sake of it, it's it comes off it's boring empty, yeah. because you don't feel the connection mm -hmm. because and i gotta say speaking of marvel I, one <laughs> really freaking good example of making the emotion work well is the final battle in the civil war because it's a really personal fight the, everything Tony Stark is doing is motivated by his emotions yeah that's what, I, yeah, that's that what makes the movie so good is their yeah. characters are compelling he's going through a really hard time so obviously he's going crazy you yeah know? and and that's what makes it it's such an emotional yet awesome scene at the same time that's awesome it yeah. works you know what I mean mm -hmm. and that's one reason why Batman v Superman wasn't as good because it never took that personal emotional route yeah that's true because what what Civil War did was it started out not personal just over like you know the Sokovia Accords and then it turned it into a personal thing and you had the character development of Black Panther and different characters had arcs and stuff. That's what made it good. The personal <laughs> stuff makes it good. Not just things <laughs> blowing up. You know yeah. what I mean? It's, yeah, it, there's really I something agree. you got to <laughs> do because we're human beings. We want human elements. Yeah, you know what I mean? and uh, one thing I've noticed is like, a lot of people may think they are in movies just for the action and they don't really realize that they're connecting with it on a deeper level and that's how I think it I can was happen for a subconsciously. long time yeah. Yeah. and so and I think it's cool when you do recognize it because um, so Jordan Peterson who I listen to a lot so he talks about stories and stuff Yeah. and I started connecting with it deeply because he has like this I listened to this like three hour lecture yeah. He talks about the Lion King the entire time. Yeah, it's crazy. And I and then so th since then I've been like, okay, where can I find this deeper meaning and connection in movies? And then my sisters were watching the Lego Movie, and I was like, okay, I don't want to watch this, but I'm watching it. It has it. it has and it then by it. the end of it, I'm like feeling the spirit. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what the frick? <laughs> it's it's. That's the thing, too, is I feel like subconsciously we all have the part of us that really likes the emotion in it. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, it, it can be fun to just shut your brain off and watch some action. Like, I do that sometimes. Yeah. Some movies I don't even care if the characters are good. I just watch it because it's fun and epic. Yeah. Like, we always have those moments, but, like, for the most part, I like the emotion, you know? Yeah. Uh, if, if it's if it's intended to be just action for action's sake, then... It is what it is, and it, it's good for mm -hmm. what it is.
But uh, for the most part, some movies try to have meaning and they just end up being garbage. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like the this. What's great about it is it pulls you in, but also before you start to rec like before you recognize that you actually like the emotional substance, there's a part of you after watching something you're kind of like something just felt off about it something felt empty about it i can't explain it i can't put mm-hmm. my finger on it sometimes i still have that even when i'm aware of most of the way i feel about media uh it's it's like you'll realize like sometimes for me after watching something i will feel a certain way about it i'll know whether i feel like it's good mediocre or bad mm-hmm. uh and, and i just feel i just understand like i don't understand why and so it takes me time to process the reasons why. Like, I know why up in my head, but I, I haven't, like, processed it. So, like, over time, I start to realize that the reasons as to why I feel that way start to flow in. Yeah. Like, I, I noticed, like, heck, even after watching that Wonder Woman movie, which a lot of it was stupid, but I still <laughs> found some good in it. It was like... It was like I couldn't explain exactly what I found good in it until after three days. Yeah. And then I realized, Weird. oh, wait, it's literally Maxwell Lord. He's the only, like, while he is really cartoony at his core, he's he's got the emotions that, yeah. you know. Uh, and, and I feel like that kind of saved it for me. It's definitely not the best movie. It's, <laughs> it's We're talking about Wonder Woman 1984, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I said the... No, you said Wonder Woman. I was just clarifying. Oh, okay, yeah. No, the first Wonder Woman's definitely way better. But, uh, you know, it's... It, there's just... It's just you, you subconsciously process it, and then it comes to light. It's weird. It's I know, weird. and I think it's similar with, like, the scriptures and everything, like, with stories, and I don't know. You just... Yeah. It takes a while to process things, and that's why patience is a virtue. Like, you like being patient like knowing that okay i'm gonna understand why these things happened or why i'm seeing what i'm seeing yeah and and when you really think about it media like movies and stuff one like one of my favorite things about movie reviews is they can be more than just a movie you sit down and watch popcorn with it can be something that teaches you lessons it can be something that actually like helps you in life it can be something that can help bring closure for certain emotions you're feeling it's it's just crazy. I feel like movies aren't recognized for the amount of emotion they can really put into you because they are actually way more powerful than people think. Like, yeah, it's just something you're watching on a screen, but it really can have an effect on you. Yeah, back to my, real quick, my pride is compelling me to say, to just address the fact that I said I felt the spirit during the Lego movie and people are going to think I'm an idiot for that. <laughs> but, <laughs> but no, just uh, like just those, like you don't realize those things and like um, those stories. Um, it's just because I realized the process that like Emmett goes through during the movie. Yeah. And I almost wanted to make a podcast about this because I, I, I realized a very distinct process from him being um, like unconscious at the beginning of like what life really is and then by the end he literally has like you know this out of body experience basically and then once he once he, he has had yeah, yeah yeah he gets hit by reality once he's had this like I, I liken it to like the mighty change of heart basically yeah. and he realizes and I love uh, uh, I, I'm gonna make like a podcast by myself about this because like there was so much yeah. that I got from it Dude, but honestly like go for it yeah because <laughs> like um just simple things like oh like the prophecy like i made it up but it's still true like um yeah. the idea that like you can 
still do these you things. See, the thing that I love about it is it it delivers emotional substance in comedic ways that still sticks mm-hmm. emotionally. That is so tonally just perfect. Yeah. That it just it just makes it work because I feel like when I was younger. I hated that movie, but that's because I didn't have a developed brain enough yeah. to realize. <laughs> and then when I when I watched those movies again, I loved the first one and I loved the second one. Yeah. And uh, I I used to think the critics were crazy for giving it high praise and stuff until I actually grew up and realized what was actually good in it. And I was mm-hmm. like, I give it high praise too. Yeah, <laughs> you know. And, and so it's it's just cool because like the kids that watch it won't understand that, but the adults will. And there's like when they grow up, when they rewatch it, they'll be like, whoa. I know. <laughs> There's like all this impactful message in here that I didn't know about. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, one thing I want to address real fast is like, like you said, when you were younger, you thought it was probably stupid or whatever. And that's like that. I would say it's like ages like 10 through like, maybe like up until you're like 20 even, depends on how fast you're able to get past those things. Oh yeah, for um, sure like there's a very inherent negativity toward a lot of things like you kind of um tend to just err on the side of like oh that's stupid because like little kids like it or something like that yeah and um i don't know when when do you feel or like how do you no we've we basically touched on this but like when do you feel like you were able to start actually extracting meaning from movies i i don't know it was kind of i don't know it just kind of came i i like I basically I was watching movies and I think I think it came from like a movie that the entire meaning of the movie was to be meaningful because you know you got you got your action what, movies that, what movie I I can't remember which one okay. it is but I want to say it was something like along the lines of like some sort of like a sad story or whatever yeah, yeah. that's meant to like entirely yeah. meant to send a message yeah. uh and and then it's like I I don't. I don't really remember, to be honest, yeah. what clicked for me, but I started to see all this stuff, and I started to see how, like, it's really good filmmaking to, like, there's certain ways you can make things thrilling, there's certain things, this way you can make things investing character-wise, there's certain ways you can do a lot of different things, uh, and, and it's it's insane how much you can do you can throw in so many emotions, just artificial emotions into the minds of your audience that can either stick with them or not stick with them at all. And I feel like if it doesn't really stick with them, you didn't really pull it off. Mm -hmm. You know, if it's something, if they can get something out of it and be like, oh, this person went through this character arc or whatever, that kind of stuff, it really elevates the experience because when you think about it, Action for action's sake can be fun. Like action without any character development can be fun because you can have really well choreographed action. Because I've seen, I saw this one movie, I think it was, it was called Extraction. Uh, they had um, characters very bland. Everything about the movie was bland except for the action and I still gave it a 7 out of 10. The reason why was because the action was so so good like, it, they literally had a 12 minute one shot action scene it was impressive whoa, yeah, it was cool. insanely cool <laughs> and it's so like obviously action can work without character development but the thing is the thing about character development is it can really save anything because if you have bad qualities the good characters can save it because mm-hmm. i've seen shows where the plot is just crap 
but but the the characters within that plot are so good to the point where it's just like it's just like I'm I'm in it with them because they're compelling enough and I want to keep going. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so at that point, like characters can be such a good saving grace. Mm-hmm. You definitely want a good story, but if you have good characters to save it if your story falls flat, you still might get really good reviews if that works well. You yeah. know what I mean? And so there's a lot of different things to it, but it's like I started to notice some things pull you in more than others. Uh, like some action movies can be really fun, but the ones where it's an emotional fight, uh, the fight with meaning deep down in, uh, that's what sticks with you more. Nah. Because, you know, the thrill you get when you see an action scene that's like awesome and stuff. I've noticed that one of the main reasons why you feel that thrill is because it's basically these characters have been built up and developed to the point where when they're finally at the point where they are able to freaking kick butt, it's awesome <laughs> because they earned it. Yeah. As a character, they earned it. Like, And I got to say, same thing goes for Infinity War and Endgame. The, the reason why the final battle in Endgame was so impactful was because they earned it because dude there's 20 movies leading up to it like well, it was, well when you just look at the two movies so when you just okay. look at the two movies you got this you got the part where they were all defeated right mm-hmm. that's the humbling experience yes. for them basically they they got defeated but and seeing them being able to come back and finally basically beating their oppressor which would be thanos in that case who destroyed them earlier it's a lot more satisfying to watch them beating a bad guy that has already affected them rather than beating a bad guy that has done nothing to them. That's true. Because if they have been personally hurt, it makes the fight more personal and it makes the adrenaline go crazy. Yeah. It's so th- just think about it. Like, if you had Infinity War and Endgame and there was never a moment where Thanos snapped people away, do you really think the final battle where they finally fight back would be well earned? No. No, it wouldn't. It wouldn't because they suffer defeat first, and then they raise above it, and that's what makes it so awesome. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's, it's just great. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Okay, so, I was just thinking a little bit as you were talking, and okay, I, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest here. Like I, I burn out. Oh, yeah. during these things <laughs> yeah. like especially just as the so i'm not a great listener like when me and you have conversations a lot like you know i'll like start thinking about like these Random other things. ideas that yeah. i have and like so um and it's crazy so like this is kind of this podcast thing is like an attempt at being a good listener and i can only do it for so long no no i told so, <laughs> i was talking for a while no you're <laughs> you're good and um and it, it, it's the same because i did a i've done Probably two other ones that were almost this long. Well, there was one that was two hours, then one that was like an hour and a half. Yeah. And by the end of those, I like felt so burnt out. Like <sighs> my brain, because I guess it's just like guiding the conversation and stuff. Like yeah, yeah, sometimes it feels cool in the moment, but after you you're done recording, yeah. you are exhausted. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> like, and people pro- listening probably think it's weird or something. Just like. But it, it's y'all, so y'all true. gotta try it for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Have one of these conversations for a long time, but like, I guess just me as the host, like trying to make sure I'm getting understanding you yeah. fully is harder than my normal conversations. The thing with me is when I'm talking about the film stuff, I don't love to be concise just because it is yeah. something that I love talking about so much. I love to just go 
deep yeah, into yeah. it. So then I end up talking. Yeah, no, I'm not saying you need to be more concise. I'm saying there's so much that we can talk about that it oh, deserves a second sure. episode. <laughs> Dude, honestly, like if we, I, I would love to make, uh, you know, maybe a part of a podcast where we basically just rant on issues with me. and like <laughs> See, I think some it's of fun. the dumbest yeah. things yeah we can rant on issues like little praises here and there I mostly want to because there's so many movies we could do but I mostly just want to go into Marvel oh, so yeah. let's uh, one time because I, I wanted to talk a little bit about like how you've come like to make movies and stuff and then like like yeah. stuff and we could so let's make an episode we can start like talking about how your interests have developed um, and stuff and then we can talk about Marvel movies and stuff but um yeah, so <laughs> so plan on another episode with Roman sometime. Um, but I just want to leave on a more uh, just maybe like spiritual note because I thought it was a good conversation and I liked it. Uh, yeah, the bulk of it was pretty spiritual. Yeah, so. and even the movie stuff like we're talking about getting the meaning from it. And like yeah. that's why things like the Book of Mormon, you know, there's a lot of meaning because of the stories. Yeah, that's, that's the thing is I feel like media like tv shows and movies can be they can be a good source of bad but they can also be a good for source of great good in in yeah. the way they can affect your heart you know that's what I mean? true so yeah um so one question i guess this like totally flips the tone of the whole thing but um how do you feel like you are coming closer to christ in in your everyday life now uh, I feel like for me it's been more to more of just kind of thinking I, I'm, I'm a little more conscious of what I'm doing with like because it's always easy to be the person that's like you know sitting in the back and judging people from the outside and again this is coming back into thinking of everyone as equals and all that kind of stuff uh, I, I don't know it's just working on that is the number one thing because at the end of the day, if you're working on that, you're doing the same thing with your relationship with Christ. Mm -hmm. So basically, you're getting closer to other people, you're getting closer to Christ too. And I genuinely feel it too. I, I'm trying to keep my conversations up with him too, my communications. There have been a few nights here and there where I've forgotten, you know. Yeah. But like, you know, I'm still trying to just kind of like remember. And every time I pray, I like to think, I like to visualize uh, him standing in front of me and listening and just calmly listening to everything I have to say and it helps me to yeah. because when you look at it as the relationship and visualize him being there because he really is so that that visual is not a lie at all that's true um, and so it, it just helps you it helps enhance your view on what really is going on Man, I've got to implement that. Yeah. And, and that, that kind of like verifies to me that I like need to focus more on like, because I'm not, I don't, I'm not a great, I'm not great at prayers. Like I've realized that I've built up very specific things that I say. Um, I like, kind of have to. Like, and I've, I've caught myself, like I keep, I'll say like, oh, we love these so much. And like, I've, I realize like, okay, yes, I mean that, but that's like filling in stuff. Like I'm not, yeah. I'm like just, I'm just like, oh, like this is how I'm going to end my prayer because I am yeah, not being it, honest. I've had the same thing. Uh, one phrase I've said a lot is, I thank thee for the great many things which I have. Yeah, see, I've had similar Spes things. Word for word, yeah. I, I say that every single time. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, what I try to do to try and combat it and make it actually have meaning, because you can say things all you want as long as they have meaning. 
uh, but having meaning when it's over and over the same thing can be really hard. So what I like to do is if I find myself saying that, I like to expound on it. I'll say, I thank thee for the great many things which I do have. I thank thee for my bed. I thank thee for it just kind of list it off. Yeah, and, that's and a little bit better, yeah. When you go through and actually visualize the things that you do have, it kind of it kind of gets you in mm-hmm. the heart. Like you you can sometimes get a bit emotional because you're like you realize you're like holy crap, he did so much for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Okay. I think that was my Being kid. interrupted by something. Okay. <laughs> but um yeah, I love that idea of like him standing actually before you and um my friend like I was saying I had a friend bring it up the other day that someone else had said um what the heck Please stop. <laughs> uh. um, now I had a friend bring up the other day that like you should um, dress yourself or dress your mind like you're approaching the throne of God and even sometimes maybe like, you know, be in Sunday dress and like say a prayer and like, I don't know, just cool concepts like that that really might, and I, I have yet to implement it, but maybe that's something that people can do to take away from this. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's great power for sure. And then uh, to think back on a couple things you said, you talked about like viewing everyone as a baby is something you would want to like take on to the next life, which I loved. Um, Just like understanding that we're all very much in this together and like in God's eyes, we're very young still. (laughs) And then it makes you see someone for more than just how much acne they have on their face. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, Um, but what what was the what was the other thing you said earlier when we were like talking about taking away from the spiritual conversation? Uh, wait, wait, wait. We we said a lot of things. I know <laughs> I don't remember, but if you if you remember that, then take. I remember that being really good, so I just don't remember what it was. I don't either. All right, someone is rudely interrupting us, and I think we're gonna close. But thank you for doing this, Roman. Um, I look forward to doing another one. We can criticize some movies and stuff. Dude, heck yeah. You know what would be fun to do is a commentary track where basically you have the audio of the movie playing and your viewers have the opportunity to watch the movie at the same time while also listening to your commentary over it. Okay, yeah. We can do that under whatever you do, but not under this. (laughs) No, no. I was just thinking at some point it was something we could do. Yeah, for sure. And I've tried it before. Certain content creators do it. It is fun. That'd be cool. We got a door opening. But, oh my gosh. It's taken so long. <laughs> it keeps we're li- going. We're, we're trying to get to closing, but it, we want it to oh, be. But here. like you're here and like. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Um. All right. Thank you, Roman. Um, yeah. That's I, good. Yeah. <laughs> we, uh, we definitely have to, you know, do some more of these. Because yep, we got sure. some good potential for some good stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I'll do more stuff with you with movies and everything. But lots of good stuff in that conversation. I hope people enjoy and uh, take some stuff to heart because I thought there was really good stuff. And it was very long. But I'm going to stop dragging it on. And I will see you guys uh, someday soon in my next episode. I'm actually interviewing a return missionary from my ward. Oh, sick. On like Thursday. So that'll probably come out soon. So, all right. Thank you for listening, anyone who made it this far, and thank you, Roman. Yeah.